Good to see you guys today. Wow. You know, the Bible does not ever promise us that we're not going to have battles, but the Bible does promise us that we will always triumph in Christ. So, um, there is a battle going on on the planet. I think we all recognize that. Uh, but thank you, Jesus, for victory. Amen. Beautiful. Hey, I was uh, the other day just uh, noticing on my Facebook page uh, an, um, a memory came up of three years ago this weekend. We were having the groundbreaking for our expansion in our lobby. And you look back and time just moves on and here we are with it. And I was thinking of how appreciative I uh, am for all of our Endeavor partners who through all the years that uh, we have uh, been having church, doing church, uh, reaching people that our Endeavor partners has helped us from everything from buying the land that we own today to building this, this building and the annex building and expansions and uh, the chairs we're in and the video we're watching now and um, the missions, international missions outreaches. This year we actually had planned more mission trips than we've, we probably had seven or eight mission trips on the docket this year. Darn you, COVID-19. And uh, we, we've just, uh, we've got lots of partnerships that we support on a regular monthly basis. Then locally, uh, Endeavor Partners help us uh, move the ball down the field in an incredible way. And it's people who just get it, uh, who get the idea that, that our tithe, our first and best belongs to the Lord. That's just straight off the top. Uh, but, it, but offerings that we give above and beyond that help us really advance things in an incredible way. So normally in May, we have an Endeavor spring offering, but this year, because of all the craziness, uh, we're moving it to September 13th, which is two weeks away from today. And I just want to encourage you um, to make the investment, to pray, to consider what God would have you to do to be a part of of helping create the future uh, for the mission and the calling and the advancement of the kingdom uh, through the Rock Church. We're definitely going to focus in on kind of our cameras and digital and all that, but there's always something to upgrade or fix. It's just amazing. You look back and go, wow, that stuff is that old. Uh, and and we, we rented uh, a camera just to see what the new camera would look like, and very different. So I uh, just want to encourage you guys to prayerfully consider uh, bringing your very best for the Lord uh, two weeks from today, Endeavor Spring Offering. Today I want to start uh, a new series of messages entitled, Here for Better. Everybody say, Here for Better. And I think all of us are uh, dialed into this idea for sure that I know it's my discovery that when Jesus came into my life, things got better. Uh, that's, what, that's what Jesus does. When he enters the scene, he brings forgiveness. Uh, where there used to be condemnation and guilt and shame, Jesus brings forgiveness. Jesus brings peace. Jesus brings confidence, faith, and hope. 
and love and joy and blessing. And I look back over uh, the years of, of walking with Jesus, and I'm just going, amazing what happens when you let Jesus become the Lord of your life. He takes over your world. Things get better. Anybody experience that? And, and I think for, for any believer, our, uh, our approach to life is we want to be like Jesus. In other words, when we enter into any situation, uh, we want to be here for better. So, um, so as Jesus comes into situations, he makes things better. Uh, so we're just interested in this idea. So we make our church better because we're a part of it. In other words, we contribute something that allows our church to get better. We, our, our job, our work, our career uh, becomes better because we're there. Uh, that's our goal. Our city is better because we're here. Our nation made better because we're here uh, bringing the kingdom of God. Our friendships become better when we say, look, I'm here for better. I want your life to be better because we have a friendship. We make our family better uh, when we're here. We're here for better. So the, the concept is we're not just taking from our church and from our work and from our city and from our family, but we, we show up to give to, right? We add value when we show up. We lift the situation when we show up. So we, we're contributors in life and not just consumers in life. And so uh, last year in the fall, we were hitting our 30-year mark as a church, and uh, we just decided this would be a good time to do a bit of an evaluation, uh, just an analysis, uh, kind of thinking clearly uh, with some outside help about who we are and what we bring and uh, what we're all about. And out of that journey, a few concepts emerged. One is that a brand promise of our church is that we're all together. Everybody say all together. In other words, we are better together than we ever could be separated, isolated individuals. And while every one of us can have a personal, real a meaningful relationship with Jesus, it is very clear in the Bible that church matters, that all together we are able to be and do something far greater than we could ever. And, and I find that uh, all that's going on with all the regulations that are in all the different states and places and that there is kind of a pushing back even further and further where church is not considered really an essential thing. Uh, and there are even states that are trying to stop church from meeting. And I would say all the more reason for us to stand up and say, no, church really matters. Like it matters a lot. And all together means that the community of people that are in your life matter. 
In other words, the people who are really on your team in life, it matters a lot if they're full of faith or if they're full of doubt, if they're full of positive or full of negative. It really matters a lot. All together means everyone has a part to play in the advancement of the kingdom of God. Everyone has a chance, regardless of what your past has been, regardless of the set of circumstances you find yourself in today, if you could shake all that off and go, you know what, I'm just going to work together with God's people and see something great happen in the earth. And then another kind of brand promise, if you will, that emerged for us is this concept of pursue always. Uh, and, and that is certainly a part of our church. <laughs> We're just never going to settle. Uh, if you just want to settle and not ever be challenged to move forward in life, to encourage, uh, to fulfill your, the fullness of your calling, this probably wouldn't be a good place for you if you don't want all that. But our faith is lived in action daily. We're going after what God has for us. We're not just waiting for it to happen for us. We're reaching out to grab a hold of God's best for life. Anybody with me on that? And our pursuit always means that we're not just interested in ourselves only, but we're going to bring others along with us. We're going to invite people into this. We're going to reach for people. Uh, we're going to pursue we're not just going to wait and hope somebody shows up at church. We're going to pursue opportunities to share Jesus. We, we're choosing a hope-filled mindset. And if you ever had a day when it would be important to choose a hope-filled mindset, this is a good day to do it, right? We're never going to settle for anything less than God's very best each day. One thing I love about our church that uh, emerged out of our thinking is we call people to action in an environment of grace. We, we are full of the grace of God. There's no condemnation, but yet we are saying this, this is more than just a ticket to heaven, right? We're interested in helping people get to heaven, but we're just as interested in the quality of life that people live on this side of heaven. So here we are uh, in the weirdest period of history that I've experienced in my super short 64 years. COVID-19 kind of came and just slammed the whole world, uh, and it started before March, but that's when it really all started to take effect for a lot of us. And we're all in this weird period of history. Uh, we're trying to figure out, like, I have, I have just, like, sort of, in a Freudian way, not bought a legit face mask, because I keep thinking, this is going to be over soon. And uh, I'm just wearing those little paper things, but I, I buckled down and actually have one coming in from Amazon. Praise God for Amazon. And uh, we're in this just weird period of history. It's like there are various degrees of open uh, in this and various degrees of shutdown that are still at work. And uh, we're, you know, if you'd watch the news 
which is probably not always a good thing to do. But it's, you know, you just get all these conflicting reports and conflicting warnings and conflicting regulations. Do masks really help or not? And, uh, and it's just this bizarre period of history for us all. And, and I'm watching people live at, at like totally different ends of the faith fear spectrum. Um, I'm watching thousands of people gather in Washington for a cause they deem valuable. And then I'm watching, I don't know how many people, afraid to step out and go to church. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm just watching all this, and, I, and I, I'm, you know, it's, I, I'm amazed. And I, I want to say, if there ever was a time that we would want to be guided by vision and calling and a sense of purpose and not just be led by the circumstances around us, this would be the day to make that choice. And, and you guys know, I mean, you know, I've been saying this for years, but we don't just go to church, we are the church. Church is not a noun, just something we go to. Church is a verb, it's who we are. And with all the huge racial tensions and the, the protesting that sometimes turns into rioting uh, that is surrounding us, where cities are literally on fire with the craziness that's happening. And then with, with the political name-calling that is here, and the, with all the fear and all the uncertainty and all the craziness that happens, I'm just here to kind of plant a stake in the ground for us and say, the church must rise up and be here for better. This, this past week, uh, Suzette and I were at the beach with uh, some dear, dear friends of ours, uh, Pastor Philip and Susan O'Reilly, Rock of KC, and uh, we're just sitting under a canopy, just the wind blowing like crazy, uh, storms are flowing through the Gulf. The sea was angry that day, my friends. It was there was, it was double red flags. I mean, it was like huge, enormous waves, and it was gorgeous to see. Uh, and we're all sitting there just kind of hanging out, you know, talking about whatever we think is the solution to the world's problems and, or not. And all of a sudden, Suzette goes, oh, my gosh, I think that guy needs help. And out too far... Allowing himself to get sucked a little too far out is a young dad with two kids, one in his arms, one hanging onto the back of his neck. 
kids, maybe seven years old, five years old in that neighborhood of kids, and this dad is in total distress, and he's yelling for help. He's yelling, somebody help, and he's calling out a name, uh, I guess, of somebody that was in his family that he felt would be the best guy to help. And so we, we Pastor Philip and I just jumped up out of our chairs and ran over, and there's a whole bunch of people that are just gathered around and watching this thing out there, and nobody's moving. And it's obvious this guy needs some help, so uh, I grab a boogie board from somebody, and Pastor Philip does the same thing, just to give some kind of flotation that we could put the kids on. And I'm not even thinking about the waves and what's under the waves and all that. And we just run, we, we get out there, get to the guy, and he's like so relieved, you know? I mean, it's like, his, you can imagine, you got your kids. And we, uh, we get the, the kids on the, on the boogie boards, and they, you know, they, we kind of get them started towards inward. As long as they're floating, we feel like they're okay. And then we start to make our way back in. All of a sudden, it ain't, it ain't happening. <laughs> uh, we, I mean, those big, huge waves are crashing over our head. And it's like, I mean, it's intense. I mean, they are enormous. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching my friend over here, and I'm here, and I'm getting buried under these waves just trying to, you know, find my bearings. Now, I'm, I'm way out there, and every time the wave would come, the suction under the wave with the undertow or riptide or whatever the heck you call it would suck us a little farther out. And I mean, I'm like, I'm uh, at one point, I'm not even, it's like it's all a blur. This whole thing is happening. And, uh, and I'm thinking, I'll, I'll go under for, I don't know how many, third, fourth, fifth time, I can't even remember. And, uh, and I'm thinking, I'm really thinking to myself, I wonder if I'm going to drown. Because, I mean, it's like this thing is way over my head, and I'm not the greatest swimmer in the world. Uh, and somehow or another, I, the friend that the guy was calling for was a Navy SEAL, and he actually came out there and helped Pastor Philip. Oh, yeah, by the way, while we're out there, I get my way back in somewhat, and I see this girl who, had, who tried to, guess, get in there to help, and she is, um, she's going help me. And like literally for a moment, I thought, I, I don't know if I should go back out further again. I mean, I've worked hard to get a few feet. And I thought, I can't just ignore. So I go back out, grab her hand and help her get a little forward. And this whole thing is crashing. And my, my little bride is on the, uh, on the beach calling out the name of Jesus. I, I didn't, I, I didn't know, she, I, be honest, I didn't know it. It was all a blur. It was all crazy. It was insane. And, uh, and so finally this, uh, this Navy SEAL guy manages to get himself out to us and pull, you know, helps me finally get in to the shore. And I honestly, I have never been uh, that winded in my life. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down. These paramedics are around me. And they're going, are you, are you okay? And I said, I'm just trying to catch my breath. And one of my first thoughts I had was, I'm a 64-year-old grandfather. I don't think I should be doing rescue operations anymore. Um, you know? And, <laughs> and, and uh, I, believe me, I have been thinking a lot 
about this situation. And you know, when you, you, don't, you don't think about your own safety in those kind of moments. It's like, I wasn't thinking there's waves gonna crash over or the undertow's gonna suck me out or whatever. I'm just thinking, you gotta go help the guy. You, you, you've got to go help the guy. He's in distress. I'm just here to say the world is in distress. The church has to rise up. I, I think, I've, I, I'm not a condemnation guy, but I'm, I'm challenging our church to quit playing it so safe you might come close to drowning. But I'd rather be that the way I go than all those bystanders on the beach going, oh, look, somebody's in trouble. My message today is about make yourself matter. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Salvation is a gift of God's grace. You couldn't afford it. <laughs> I couldn't afford it. None of us would ever be good enough to earn our salvation. But this passage is telling us we're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. You are God's workmanship, created to do something. Good works that God has prepared for you to do. God made you to matter. God made you to make a difference. God did not make you to be a bystander in life, to stand on the shore and go, that guy looks like he's in trouble. I literally think too many people are bystanders. They're watching other people live their best life but you can make yourself matter. You can, you can make it matter whether you are around or not. You can make yourself valuable in situations. You can become a contributor and not just a consumer. And the Bible says that we're his workmanship. We're created, each one of us, to be elite, specialized. I'm thanking God for the, 
for the Navy SEAL <laughs> that used his training. God created you to be valuable. And this isn't a matter of like pushing ourselves or imposing ourselves on other people. It's not forcing ourselves on other people, but it is a matter of developing your value and then offering that in service to others so that you actually matter. I don't think that guy was out in the ocean with his kids saying, you don't look like you can swim very well. He, I think he was glad that somebody tried to make a difference. You know, I think sometimes we don't feel good about ourselves. And I'm gonna go contrary to a bit of feel-good psychology, and I realize that you can have the monkey brain, the lizard brain working against you. But sometimes it's possible that we don't feel good about ourselves because there's a good reason. We're not doing anything that matters. Somebody say amen. <laughs> we haven't developed the value that God's put within us. And can I just say one of the great ways to make yourself matter is get involved. Serving somewhere increases our value. We're bringing our value to the table, our value to the game, our value to life. You can make yourself valuable. God made you to matter. He made you to make a difference. He didn't create you to be a bystander. You know, it's often said that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Unfortunately, that's kind of true in church life. My encouragement to all of us is to say, I'm gonna be in that 20% group. It's actually gonna matter that I'm part of this church. And it's not coming to consume. Whether it's at work or in church or in your city or in your family, your relationships. When this, every week I have us pray this prayer, God help me become the person you created me to be. And this is about you and I being our very best because nobody else can be you. Nobody else can fill your spot. No one else can bring your value to the table. This distressed, messed up world needs you. Amen. So let me quickly, if I can quickly, talk about a couple of ingredients that can help us to make ourselves matter. 
First one is faithfulness. Faithfulness. First Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes, which I think is interesting. Verse 12, I thank Jesus, Christ Jesus our Lord, who strengthened me because he considered me faithful. Everybody say faithful. Faithful. Even though Paul was super intelligent, super gifted, super talented, those weren't the reasons he was chosen. He considered me faithful, putting me into service. Faithfulness is you're there. You show up. You put your name down to serve, and you show up. You put your name down to take a seat in church during COVID, and you show up. And it's never in question whether you're going to be in your place. It doesn't take a superhero. Proverbs 25, verse 19 says, like a bad tooth and an unsteady foot is confidence in a faithless man in time of trouble. Wow. Proverbs 26 says, many a man proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy man? Be dependable. How do you make yourself matter? Be a person who can be counted on. If you're given a job, it can be checked off, done. You're there. You show up. It's never in question whether you're going to be in your place. When someone fills their spot steadily, they make themselves matter. They're here for better. You can count on them. When someone is unfaithful, Eventually, you just learn to get along without them. Because you never know if they're actually going to show or not. Am I preaching this okay? Come on. You never know. Yeah, they're scheduled for whatever they're scheduled for, but you don't know if they're going to be there. After a while, you go, I'm just going to count on the fact that they don't show or they show half the time. And let me just say, to be gifted but unwilling to show up is useless. Amen. Hey, listen, I just about drowned. I'm going to say exactly what I want to say. The second idea that, <laughs> which I'm going to ride that, ride that wave or undertow for a while. The second thing is perseverance. Faithfulness and perseverance. James 1.12, blessed is a man who perseveres during COVID-19 season. For once he's been approved, he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. 
So not only do we show up faithfully, but we keep on showing up. Perseverance. Summertime, we show up. Wintertime, we show up. Springtime, we show up. Fall, we show up. We, we go through all the winters, and we show up. We persevere. We go through all the wars, and we show up. We persevere. I think we know this, but we could be lulled to sleep on this one. This COVID-19, this is a winter. This is a war. And after a few winters and after a few wars together, if you're still hanging in there, you start to matter a lot. Come on. Those people who have stuck with you through the ups and downs and the winters and the wars, perseverance is proven by winters and wars. It's, it's not who shows up when everything's going great. The winters and the wars separate the people who matter from the people who don't. A lot of people want to be your friend when everything's going great for you. But it's the people who stick with you through your winters and through your wars that start to hold real value in your life. Am I preaching the truth today? I'm saying to us, Rock Church, this is our time to rise up and be here for better. The, 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 world, the world needs a strong, vibrant, front foot forward, life-giving church now more than ever. This is, not, this is not the time to stand on the shore and go, let's see how the church does. This is time to get in the game. Now. Amen. Come on. Amen. Hey, let's close our eyes for a moment. Let me just pray with you, Father. Thank you for every person in the sound of my voice today. Lord, I am praying, I am asking you to blow a fresh wind of your spirit, God, into our world, into our heart. Blow away fear. Blow away this false sense of hiding out in security, God, and help us to step into this season of history, this, this era, this epoch, this Kairos moment. Help us to step into it with all that we can possibly be for your glory. You still love this planet. You still love Asheville. You still love North Carolina. You love the United States. You love all the nations on the earth. And you've planted your church 
right in the midst of every people group, Father, to be conduits that you could bring the kingdom of God. God, use us like never before in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen, thank you. Hey, just while you're here for a moment, everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. I wanna have this prayer. You're watching online, you're in the room. Can we just pray together for a minute? Maybe you've never given your life to Christ or maybe you've let your relationship with him slip. Or maybe you're unsure of where you stand with God and you say, Pastor, agree with me, pray with me. I, I want my life in the hands of Jesus. I want him to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand if you're in this room and say, yes, pray with me. I wanna surrender to Jesus. I wanna come back. I wanna know for sure that I'm right with God. Anybody in this room need to make that move with your heart. Right where you are, as you're watching online, let's all pray this prayer together. Everybody say this to, with me, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you, I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, I come to the cross where forgiveness is found. Today is a new day, a fresh start, a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen.